KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, the Outdoor Hour, giving you the inside scoop on the great outdoors on 1077 The Franchise. As long as I can remember, I've been drawn to the outdoors. There's something primal in each of us that awakens when we step outside the bounds of modern society and back into the vast possibilities of the natural world. The more civilized our lives become, the louder our hearts cry for reconnection with our native ways. Failure is imminent, dangers drawing nigh, but approached with reverence and tact, the outdoors return wisdom and gain. In both the outdoors and in life, harvests are fleeting, but lessons and memories abound. With that in mind, we step forth boldly together in pursuit of ourselves outdoors. We are nothing more than tree stand troubadours. Welcome inside the outdoor hour. Taylor Maples, Joshua Wildman Stratton. I'm here. I'm doing it. I mean, no energy, though. What? No energy. I'm here. It's more than we can ask for, I guess, but glad you're here. Yeah. Welcome to the outdoor hour. You are welcome. Taylor Maples, Joshua Stratton. Yeah. And Matt Goldbranson. The Goldfish. I was about to, about to say I better not get the Ben Stein version of my name. No, of course not. All right, cool. I'm excited cool. you're here. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. You Absolutely. Know? Week two. We appreciate it. You guys didn't kick me out, didn't give me DOS boot after one week, so I'll take that as a good sign. Speaking not of yet. boots. Speaking of boots. Uh-oh. Speaking of boots, Josh has some styling new boots on today. I do. New boot goofing? New boot goofing. I'm, I'm, I'm short shorts and, and new boot goofing over here. You know, I thought I liked you, Goldfish, but that reference right there just solidified. New really, boot goofing, man. New, new boot goofing. Really brought it around full circle. Yeah. We're going to be okay here. We are. Tell We're us about your boots. It. Man, you know, I, I decided I needed a new pair of hunting boots for the season, so they showed up yesterday. Some Zamberlins. And, uh, you know, rocking them around, trying to break them in. Is that your first pair? Of Zamberlins? Yeah. No. It's my first pair of their hunting boots. I used to have their hiking boots. Okay. Not that there's much difference. Is there not? I mean, from my last pair to now, there's some changes, some improvements they've made. Yeah. But, um, so they're leather-lined perforated leather line to help protect the Gore-Tex membrane. So Gore-Tex stops being waterproof when salt and oils adhere to it. Kind of hard to wash a boot. Mm-hmm. So they've they've done some things that I think help with that, which is cool. Um so yeah, they are they're pretty darn stiff. They're a heavy-looking boot. I'll say that. They are. Yeah. But, you know, they're really designed for packing out an animal. Sure. So they got to be pretty stiff, and they got to be... They look good. They do look good. I'm excited for you to break them in a little bit and give us a, yeah. more of an authentic I'll review. You, yeah, I'll give you a download, you know, once I know more. What do you normally wear for footwear in- when you're hunting? Oh, when I'm hunting? Yeah. Where? Out west? A hunting boot of some kind. Okay. Or last year, my dog ate a pair, didn't want to get, or ate one of them. And I didn't want to just go get a pair off the shelf. Mm-hmm. So I went on a mule deer hunt wearing six inch deck bosses from Grundens. I believe that. Yeah. I believe that about you. Yeah. I have always had a pair. And it pair. was awesome. Was it? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It was outstanding. I bet your, I mean, I couldn't do that. Like, my feet would kill me. No, I was solid. Super solid. I have a pair of Justin work boots. Okay. Uh, that I really like. And when I'm out west, like, that's what I hunted bears in. Yeah. Is these. Um, I wear them when I'm snowshoeing. You know, they're not actually waterproof. They don't have Mm. the Gore-Tex, but I lace them up tight, and they do good enough. They get the job Um, done. But they're broken in. They're comfortable. They probably could have a little bit more uh, high ankle support for me. Um, They go up high, but they get a little soft as they get up that high on Uh, the ankle. Yeah. Um, 
how about around here? What do you uh, what do you hunt whitetails in? Cowboy boots. Do you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're not a rubber mm. boot guy. No. Negatory. Why not? Because we hunt out of tree stands. This kind of goes back to the scent control conversation we were having last week. I guess. You're not a rubber boot believer for scent control? It's just a sweat box. At times? All the time. I own some, but man, they're just wretched in the heat. Can't deal. So, early season, yeah. It's not always hot, though. Still pretty hot most of the time in Oklahoma in comparison Okay, so cowboy boots, though. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Even upland hunting cowboy boots. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm dead serious. And, I mean, you've got you've got nice cowboy boots. I'm sure you've got some that are like your field boots. Yeah. Got a new pair of cowboy boots coming. What are you getting? Gator. Really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Gator uh, vamps, the upper... This like sky blue with orange and white stitching. They're going to be my game day gator boots. I was going to say, <laughs> if you're a Florida fan, can you wear gator on game day? Yes. I feel like that's something Florida State fans should do. LSU cooks gators. They do. They did it at the Men's College co- World Series Every this time year. we come to town. Yeah. And every time they come to our town. George. You ever eat an alligator? Hundreds of times. Yeah? Yeah. You ever cooked alligator? I have not. I would like to. I also haven't gone on a gator hunt, which I would like to do. That'd be cool. I wear a gator belt every day. Who was I talking to? Oh, I was talking to one of our clients here at Tyler Media. And he wants to go on a gator hunt? No, he's going on a gator hunt. He's a big outdoorsman. Um, We got to get them involved at the show here, but... uh, yeah, he's going on a gator hunt, I think, this fall. That's what it was. I'd invited him to play in a uh, charity golf scramble that's coming up. Nice. And he said, no, I would love to, but I got a gator hunt on the calendar that same week. So um, so you're saying you need someone to take a spot. Uh, so I should have thought this saying... through. <laughs> Shouldn't have brought that up. Well, this is the outdoor hour. You are listening to it live, I hope, on the radio, or maybe you're catching the podcast. Either way, we're glad you're with us. We are. We're super glad you're here. We've got some stuff to get to in this week's episode. Last week, we talked about scent control a little bit, and we, we put a poll out there on social media to see if you think scent control is bogus. Um, Josh, obviously, you gave your position away. You don't believe in it. No. I think it's rubbish. I don't understand, and again, I am much newer to whitetail hunting than many of our listeners are, than you are. It seems ridiculous to me that somebody would go into the whitetail woods and not have some sort of plan in place, whether it's dead downwind, ozonics. I mean, I know there's a lot of gimmicks out there. This, to me, doesn't feel like a gimmick. This feels like it's just increasing your chances. As I said last week, I think there are quality products out there. But for me, it makes me overconfident and takes me away from the other things I need to be doing. That sounds to me like more of a lack of personal discipline. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, okay. seriously, you can't okay. you can't sit as still if you know that you've got dead down wind on. It's just not part of my system, man. Okay, and I'm I'm kind of you know poking at you just because I enjoy that. Yeah, it's one of your favorite pastimes. It really is. It's yeah. why I invite you on the show. I know. <laughs> every yeah, you every show needs like you know the scapegoat. You know. Yeah, we yeah. used to have Todd. We no longer have Todd. No, we don't. He bailed on us. But we've still got you. And yep. I, and I like to yeah. to poke fun at you. Yeah. You know what else is happening today, which I'm stoked about, is uh I got some sweet loophole stuff coming to the crib. Really? Yeah, new scope. 
What are you getting? I actually don't know. <laughs> Must be nice. I actually don't know. Must be. You know, most of us like save up for years <laughs> and I shop around and figure out what it is we're going to get. Not everybody just gets this stuff delivered to the house blindly. Yeah, I think uh, spotting scope, a rifle scope, and another pair of binoculars. Is that my spotting scope we were talking about? No, it's for a commercial we're going to be filming here in Oklahoma land. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, in the break. here yesterday, which yeah. is disappointing. Was... We're not going to take the break just yet, but when we do, I need to go back and actually total up uh, what those votes were on whether yeah. our listeners believe in scent control or not. Because we put a little bit of a wager on that last week. We did. Um, remind me, if if your side wins and scent control is bogus... You don't get to use it all hunting season. I think you said two weeks. Okay, whatever. I think you said two weeks. I think I said two hunts. I think that's fair. We can I go back th- and check the game tape. Yeah, check. Someone throw the challenge for uh, I listened to this episode three times. <laughs> it was two. It was two. There you go. Yeah, goldfished right there. Yeah. Todd would have just lied and said I said the whole season. <laughs> Todd never listens. He yeah. didn't listen when we were recording yeah. the shows. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and then... If my side wins and people believe in scent control products... Then I'm going to give it a whirl. I feel like there's a lot less at stake for you, you than there is for me. You agreed upon this. So <laughs> I felt the same way when I set those uh, parameters... That this I just, was really a win-win for me, uh, but you went along with it. So I, I really just fine. don't think I'm in jeopardy here. I think that unless I have just been hoodwinked, I cannot believe that there are more people out there like you that think that scent control is just not worth the time, energy, thought, or money. Is there really anyone out there like me? No, and praise the Lord. Right? Yeah, they but mu- in they this broke instance, the molds not because it was the best. Yes, but because they're like, oh god, they went. Let's don't let's do not this use again. that one. Again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, in the coming segment, we'll do that. We uh, also, I'm going to ask you a little bit, Josh, about last week. You were yeah, in it Montana. Seems like it was really hot down here last yeah. week. I wouldn't know. I was out of town too. Sixty-seven degrees. I think I was in Idaho Springs last week. Oh, oh yeah, right. then I it was brutal that. here. Yeah, it, it was absolutely terrible. Yeah. I'm over it. Yeah, over it officially. Do you remember when uh, Todd Lizenby's family was coming back from Estes Park yeah, and they yeah. said they were going to turn yeah. around? My family had one of those moments this Facts. week. Yeah, I saw you hit a, a uh, Rockies game, which looked dope. Yep, yep. I've been to Coors Field twice this year. It's nice. probably been five years. Since I'd been to a Rockies game, I, I was on ESPN one time at a Rockies game. Yeah, yeah, because a dinger got hit over my head. Nice. Yeah. Um, here's a little bit of uh, some sports stuff. Since we're on a sports talk station for you, you mentioned the Rockies. They're awful, right? Yeah, yeah, they're god awful. They are terrible. Yeah, their run differential this year. They've scored like 540 some runs. They've allowed over 700. You know who's not awful? The Atlanta Braves. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Chip. No one saw that coming. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people saw that coming. I think the Braves have been building this. A lot of people, you know, you look at the guys who project, you know, who's going to win, you know. Braves are not on that list for World Series this year. Not this year. For a year, lot of people. But they've had a really good team the last few years. They've I would have put really them in good my team top for echelon. a decade. They just haven't been able to get to the the dance maybe they should try some scent control just to kind of close that gap i mean they did win the world series two years ago but anyways the rockies are and they're not cheaters like the astros this is true i can get behind that for sure yeah um rockies are awful run differential of what did i say 540 something to 700 i've been to two games this year they're two and oh um Run differential when I'm in attendance is 23 to 3. So that's something, right? Yep. You need to send your application in to be the voice guy for the Rockies. I do. I do. Be like, these are my awesome stats when I'm at your games. Absolutely. You can just throw that into the contract. You know, coaches and directors of ops and all that, at least at the college level, pay attention to that stuff. 
Yeah, all coaches are psychopaths. Yeah. I think that's well documented. Yes, they'll for believe sure. in anything, but very much so. Like when I get to go on the road with OU, they need to win so that I get to keep doing those things. <laughs> yes, very much so. Because there's nothing worse than sitting at breakfast with a Skip Johnson or someone like that and saying, "Man." We never win when you're on the road. You know that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've had a hot streak going there, though. Let's do this. Let's get a break in. When we come back, we'll total up that scent control uh, poll. I'll compile those numbers. Josh, you told us you were out of town, and it was nice and cool. Were you in Montana? I was. I was in uh, Old Red Lodge, Montana. Beautiful place. We'll get some stories yeah. from that Yeah, coming Saw up. Saw some stuff. Did some stuff. All Love that things. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's All the good things. stuff. All the things. We'll get into that and more when we come back. Hey, if you're in the market for a new hunting hide, check out okiehides.com. You may have seen them on social media. Maybe you've heard about us talk about it here in the outdoor hour, but you haven't really taken that next step. Now's the time to do so. Hunting season is right around the corner. They've got hides set up ready for you to purchase. They've got custom for, uh, floor plans, lots of ways that you can make this make sense for you, whether it's you need something that sits a little higher, maybe a little lower, maybe you need air conditioning. They literally are doing that now. Or maybe you just need a different type of camo pattern. They can customize these things. And I'm telling you, it's not like so many of those plastic hunting hides that you sit in and you feel like you're in a porta john on stilts out there just sweating. Yeah. You've been in those. Yeah. They're awful. There's no room to move around. They're like at best one and a half person size yeah, like telephone there's, there's booths. There's no room for a TV. Yeah. There's no room for the lazy boy. No. There's the no mini room, fridge. Yeah. For the split unit. Yeah. You know, I mean, come on. Not an Enoki hide. An Enoki hide, you got it all. You got room for all that stuff. Seriously, yeah. we make jokes, but they're legit. Go check them out. Okiehides.com. You want to take your kids so that, you know, the wife keeps saying you can go hunt all day, every day during, get yourself an Oki hide. Get get an Oki hide. They won't even know the kids are there. No. You can absolutely, like, have kids on the iPad. You know, they can be making noise. They can be having snacks. Not only can you be out there with your kids, but they're not going to spoil the hunt. These things are that secure, this soundproof. They're legit. Check out OkiHides.com. We'll be back with more Outdoor Hour after this. Now back to the Outdoor Hour with your host Taylor Maples on 1077 The Franchise and the Franchise Mobile app. Welcome back inside the Outdoor Hour. Taylor Maples, Joshua Wildman Stratton. Mm-hmm. It's a little better energy. Yeah. That's okay. Okay. We'll accept it. All right. Matt Goldbranson. The goldfish. Hello, gentlemen. That was labored on your part. I forgot what I was saying <laughs> halfway through. <laughs> yeah, it happens. It hey. happens. Try voice tracking. Yeah. You get two words into it. Nope, don't like that one. Restart. Oh, Redo. Yeah. Re- yeah. Re-over. I've been there. Yeah. The hardest part of radio or TV or anything like that is anything that's recorded. Oh, for sure, hundred percent. Because you're so critical of it, and it's like we could do that better. Let's let's stop. Let's start again. Um, whenever I'm doing stuff, and they're like, "Do you want to record this? You just want to do it live?" I'm like, "Let's do it live every time." Every time. Once you start, you just got to keep going. The Bill O'Reilly through it. 100%. Screw it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, hey, since your nickname's the Goldfish, I think for Halloween you should. Um, Put yourself in a jar, like, what about Bob? Okay. Well, we can workshop it. Or I can do, like, a bubble boy scenario and just be in a fishbowl. Yeah, like, like, and what about Bob? Yeah. Cool. All right, anyways. It's settled. Settled. What are you going to be for Halloween? Check that off the list. I have no idea. I mean, you went there, so. Yeah, I got nothing. Okay. Anyways. Let's see what the people have to say. The people always have a lot to say. They typically do. They typically do. We asked last week on social media if you agreed with me or if you agreed with Josh on scent control. Is this something you subscribe to? Are you buying Dead Downwind or similar products? Maybe you use Ozonics. 
Obviously, I think we all agree, before we get into this, Josh, that wind control is a legitimate piece. 100%. You, though, just don't believe that it's worth the extra energy for buying products that are going to help cut down on your natural scent because, if I'm understanding correctly, you feel like it's cutting corners a little bit and allows you to get away with things that make you sloppy in the woods. Is that fair? It it just it uh, for some reason mentally disconnects me from from all of the things that I need to be paying attention to. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, let's get to the results. Yeah. So we asked people out there on the interwebs if they agree with me or if they agree with Josh. What do you think the results say? I don't know. I have no idea. First of all, it was really close. Yeah. The majority is 56% of the responses say that they believe in scent control products. Okay, and then the remainder? Don't. You know, some people are just ahead of their time. (laughs) It's interesting, though. We split this up between Twitter and Instagram, and you made this comment. Twitter was far and away, 75% of the responses on Twitter were absolutely scent control. Okay. Instagram, not so much. What was the percentage on Instagram? I didn't crunch the numbers. Let okay, me you that. can't throw one data marker out there and then not have the other data marker. That's Listen. called dirty data, which is not... 63. Okay. Okay. So 75% on Twitter said yes. 63% on Instagram said no. Yeah. I think uh, there's some age difference there. That plays into that. Yeah. Which is interesting because I think older people, I know more older people who think scent control is garbage. And that's what my gut would have told me is if I had to guess, is it the newer generation of hunters or the older generation of hunters that believes or doesn't believe? I would have said, I think it's the young kids, the young bucks, no pun intended, I almost said, um, that believe in that stuff more. But that's at least not what our data shows. Small yeah. sample size, but that's yeah, that's that's what hey. our data shows. That's right. Well, some of you will come along. Some of you will keep wasting your money, and I guess I'm gonna have to join you in wasting money. I mean, I don't even know that we need to honor that. I'm. I would say we do. Yeah, yeah. I would if if I was wrong, I would have done it. But I feel like I'm not gonna force you into something. Oh, it's fine. I'll do it. Okay. I'll do it. All right. Just for you. I'll even take pictures. Spraying your boots down? Yep. Just for evidence. You know what you should do instead? Not wear shoes at all. Ooh. That's not at all what I was going to say. Oh, okay. What were you going to say? What if you... What? I mean, it's early season, right? Like, it's yeah. hot. You're yeah. trying not to sweat. What if you went, like, more... All natural. Like hoochie daddy shorts and nothing else? But spray down the body. Dead downwind. I'm pretty sure that's not great for your skin. Allegedly. Yeah. But I'll look into it. If it's not harmful for skin on skin contact. Have you ever hunted barefoot like that? No. I, I know a guy that does. We've had a guy in the show a number of times that does early in the season. That's a Jace Brewer special right Mm. there. He'll he'll wear his because he's a rubber boots guy too. He'll show up. He'll get in the stand and be like, "It's hot. I'm starting to sweat," and just start stripping down clothes. Um, nice. Do you agree with that? And and I guess I've got a bigger question here. Let me ask the real question. I feel like if I get to my stand and I'm sweaty, I want to zip up and just try to trap that odor inside. His perspective is he'll start to unzip and he'll shed because he's like, I don't want to sweat. But I feel like if you're already hot and sweaty, that odor already exists. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me, your statement. My statement? Yeah. Because there's a lot of days. If you're that concerned about your scent, why would you not try to lock it into clothes that have an odor control and have been doused in half a gallon of dead downwind? Yeah. 
Why would you not do that? And I think that's the strategy I take, not necessarily by choice, um, but if I'm walking in, I'm going to get sweaty early season, right? Um, and I'm just going to try to trap it in and say, I'm just sitting still. Like, yeah, it's hot and yeah, I'm miserable, but there are things I want more than I want to be comfortable, and that's to see deer and a chance at a big buck. You know the solution to all of this? The pedigo. Mm, and an oaky hide. And an oaky hide. For starters, in an oaky hide, it doesn't matter what you're wearing. But the or pedigo. Not wearing. Or not wearing. Yeah. Even. Hey-o. Uh, but the pedigo. Like, the days that I walk in, I'm sweating. Of course. The days that I ride the pedigo in. No sweaty sweat. Chill. Super chill. Seems like both you and Jason need to do a better job of what clothes you're putting on on your, I mean, you know, like if I'm hunting out west. Yeah. I'm ditching clothes before I start the trek. I'm bringing clothes with me for the sit and the glassing and where I know my core temp's going to go down. I know that I'm not going to be moving for hours, but in between, from to get to that point, no, all that stuff's in a pack, man. I'm trying to stay as cool and light as possible. Yeah, I don't know that I've really ever thought of that, but you're right. I You're probably putting everything I on. I gear up at the truck. No. Do not. Cuz you're right. If I was out west, I would be thinking about layers and I would be thinking about, okay, I'm about to go up 2000 vertical feet here to get to my glassing point or more. Yeah, or right. More. Yeah. Um and then I'm going to sit there hopefully in the shade and for just, hours. For hours. Core temperature is going to plummet and I think that's what I'm expecting when I leave the truck even whitetail hunting is I'm going to go sit and yeah, it's warm now. It's early season whatever, but as soon as that sun starts dipping down, it's going to get cold. Um that feels really obvious, right? Yeah. Yeah. Super obvious. Do you do you change clothes? Do you add layers, anything like that, when you're chasing whitetail? Um, do you move around in the stand that much is really what I'm asking. No. That's my thing is I could see myself wearing less to get to the stand, but... If I know what I'm going to want to have on and how I want to be oriented and, and all of that at last light, I'm going to sit down in that position wearing those clothes. Mm, it depends when I get to the stand. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to stay as, but I mean, I, I sweat like a banshee. Do you? Oh, my God. Yeah. How are your feet doing in those boots, by the way? We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Does that help I'm with the break-in them. process? The sweating? The sweating. Um, no, they also uh, sent me a pair of uh, their new wool design, like designed for their boots, and so it has thicker wool sections at like at the tongue where you're like going to be putting more pressure on your foot because you're tightening it up. There's mm-hmm. in the heel pocket. There's a spot on the back of the ankle. Um, they're yeah. uh, they're nice. So you're a they're boot nice. sock guy, though. Even you just pulled your pant leg up, and I can see it. You're a wool boot sock guy. I'm. Yeah, I would wear wool all day, every day. Really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If I don't have flip flops on, I have gotten to the point where, and again, maybe I'm just overdoing it with the boots that I hunt in because I've got pretty heavily insulated. See, I don't rubber. run insulated boots. Um, but I've gotten to the point that I wear like dress socks. Because I need something. I don't want the neoprene inside just against my skin. Right. But, I mean, I can't afford to have anything warm in there with me. Yeah, but I think you're underestimating. So, you know, let, let's say merino wool, for instance. Merino wool, on average, has a 50-degree temperature range of comfort. That's how much the fiber expands and contracts based upon heat and cold. And so... If you are running a a very thin athletic merino wool, that sock is still going to perform tremendously better, not only in moisture absorption and um, and evaporation, but it's going to perform better as your foot heats and cools. And so you should still be running that opposed to like a thin polyester coated gross dress sock. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like you've led me to a couple of really obvious epiphanies in this week's show. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> I'm trying to help you, man. Sometimes I say these things you. out loud, and I'm like, yeah, maybe I should look at that. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. No, I mean, I'm okay because this is all a learning experience. It's why we do it. But um, it's funny just to think, you know, why do I do that the way I do that? Um and I would challenge anybody at this time of year especially to rethink their gear, to rethink their strategies. I mean, my um, wife thought I was ridiculous when I was walking out of the house today, and she goes, are you really going to be wearing those boots? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I got to get them broke in. I don't want to be breaking them in and, you know, in November on the hillside. I don't want to be breaking them in, you know, in the panhandle of Oklahoma. I don't want to, you know, I mean... Yeah. But 105 in the city's a bold choice. I will side with her on that. Better now than later. Yeah, I get that. Tell us about your week last week. Man, it was great. Uh, ran up to Red Lodge and had some meetings and uh, went on top of uh, the Beartooth in one area, which was awesome. Saw some some uh, some goats. Didn't see any big big horns but that's okay saw some goats if you had to pick would you rather see goats or sheep i've seen sheep that this is my that this was my first time seeing goats really yeah ever yeah like in the wild yeah yeah yeah. yeah sure yeah what'd you think of it they're awesome they're really neat huh yeah they're super rad what do they call them ghosts of something oh isn't there like a i don't know I don't know either. I don't know. They I have, have like no a nickname. Idea. It's oh, something about ghosts of alpine ghosts or something oh. like that. So the area that we were in, there's a known nursery herd up there of nannies and babies. and Cool. Yeah. So that was cool. I saw the picture you sent of two just at, you know, the crest of a hill. Yeah. Did you see more than that or just that pair? There was a, another kid yep. that you couldn't see in that picture. But, yeah, just those three. Well, I saw a Billy earlier in the day glassing, mm-hmm. uh, but I couldn't. I w- went over to the ridge that he was on, and I couldn't find him when I got there. Were they super mangy looking? Yes. I'm always amazed when I see the goats. Because when you see them in pictures... Um, they just look amazing. They look so like stark white. Yeah. But a lot of times when you see them in real life, they're super mangy. They've got like poo stains down the backside. Right. You yeah, know? they're animals. They're very much animals. But even just that, um, the hair, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's always like tattered and they're pretty mangy looking animals often. Well, they live in some rough places, man. Yeah. Where the where the sheep stop, as as much credit as people give bighorn sheep for being places that they shouldn't be. Yeah, where sheep stop is where the goats start. Yeah, right? we were at like ten two mm-hmm. when we saw the first set of goats. We were at like ten two, so up there. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and then man, we went to this steak restaurant one night, known for its pig races. That's right. So that was cool. They have a pig track in the back of this joint with like an arena around it. And uh, they do a race card for every race. And you can buy squares to see if you like get one of the pigs. Okay. And then they donate all the money uh, to scholarships for local kids going off to college every year. That's cool. Yeah, that was cool. Had a buffalo ribeye for dinner that night and watched some pig races. Would you go on a buffalo hunt? Without a doubt. You would? Okay. No question. Um, Method of take for that? Whatever was the option. Yeah? Uh, yeah. No, I have zero standards for that. If you could choose, how would you want to take one? To be probably a gun, probably a rifle. Really? Yeah. Mainly because I just want to put the thing down, dude. Yeah. They're so big. Yeah. And, I, you know, maybe if I was a better archer and better with a bow than I am, I would feel differently about that. But, you know, that's really like one of those once-in-a-lifetime 
hunt opportunities and yeah i wouldn't want to screw it up sure i've got a buddy uh we should see about getting him on the show but a, a friend of mine that's a firefighter in denver um kid i grew up playing baseball with got selected it was a first responder deal yeah i mean he got i think it was in kansas he got to go harvest a, a buffalo a year or so ago that's awesome um that'd be really cool have you ever known someone that got to shoot a buffalo yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had another childhood friend with one. They had a shoulder mount in their house, freaking huge, in like their living room. Yeah, that's now super we're talking. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's super no, cool. and uh, yeah, that'd be super cool. I'd be way into that. My buddy Ty Stubblefield, he's got a buffalo ranch in Montana. Um, that um, you know, they're just producing meat. Sure. But uh, that's pretty cool. Great stuff. Is that your favorite meat? It's something that I wish I could eat consistently in the sense, I mean, I know you can, but, um, you know, no matter. Given the chance to have a freezer full, you would? Yeah, 100%. If my dietary, you know, I could go the rest of my life and not eat beef ever again. Sure. 100%. No question. Well, let's squeeze in another break here. Uh, We mentioned them, but I want to talk about them in a little bit more detail. It's my friends over at Pedego OKC. Yeah. If you've never been on an e-bike, you need to. I grew up on bicycles. You ride a bike. I ride a bike. We both enjoy just being out on bikes all the time. It's a great uh, means for some fitness and exercise. It's one of the most fun things I ever get to do. Um, And e-bikes was never really on my radar, frankly. But I went to Pedego OKC, and I met Lance, and he showed me all the different options they have. For starters, I didn't realize how many options there are and how cool some of these bikes really are. Was it... um... Did you have some like snootiness, like looking down, like being a cyclist, you grew up in Colorado, Mm -hmm. you know, for people who don't know... Uh, for a very long time, Colorado was like basically the mecca of pro cycling in America. Mm-hmm. You know, Carmichael you, training systems, yeah, the and, whole yeah. nine, right? You yeah. had the USA Cycling Pro Challenge out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, you had some older races back in the day, um, and it's just part of the culture. Mm-hmm. And there is one hundred percent some snootiness. And I do think I felt that. I didn't understand why someone would want an e-bike. Right. I felt like if you're not killing yourself climbing over Independence Pass, it's not Ugh. worth riding. Um, but I'm not 20 years old anymore, for starters. Turns out. And I don't live in a place where the weather is so perfect year-round for that kind of a thing anymore. Yeah, and you've probably just gotten away from, like, you've accepted that not everything has to suck. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's part of cycling. Yeah. Is the suck. Absolutely. (laughs) If you want to be on a bike, but you don't want it to suck, or I'll even go further, you want to be able to control how much it sucks. Right. Get on an e-bike and make sure it's a pedigo. 100%. Or we all go through life. Maybe you've been in a bike wreck. You got a car wreck. You you have some sports injuries. Um, You're just older. You know, maybe you're a veteran and um, have injuries due to you serving the country. Man. This is a really exceptional way to quietly and efficiently, with little wear and tear on the body, get to where you need to get to. My favorite thing about it is you can control the exertion level, whether it's using the throttle on the handlebars or just the assistance through the pedals. Um, But if you want to ride the bike like a road bike, you can. I've got the Element model. It's basically a mountain bike with the big oversized tires that are great on loose gravel and sand. I take it through the creeks. I've got a little bit of a, um, I don't want to call it a basket. That's not the right word for it, but um, something on the back of it that I can put stuff on. Um, And I will actually use a ratchet strap and strap down a bucket 
of corn when I'm going out deer hunting here in Oklahoma, and I'll ride that pedigo in without leaving scent, without getting myself all sweaty, um, and just get in easier, quicker, quietly, uh, and without exerting myself. So whether you're using it in the outdoors, you just want to use it for fitness, ride around Lake Hefner, hang out in your neighborhood, go check out Pedigo OKC. They are located on MacArthur Boulevard, just west of Lake Hefner. Talk to Lance, mention the Outdoor Hour, and he'll save you some money. More Outdoor Hour after this. Now back to the Outdoor Hour with your host, Taylor Maples, on 1077 The Franchise and the Franchise mobile app. Final segment, Outdoor Hour, Taylor Maples, Joshua Wildman Stratton, and Goldfish, Mackle Branson on the ones and twos. Don't call him a coy. That's, that's very true. I'm not coy. That's right. I'm very goldfishy. <laughs> what are the characteristics of a goldfish that uh that Matt feels like he Matt embodies? Feels like, yeah. Um I don't know, to be honest with you. <laughs> you didn't expect us to put no, you on the spot. I did there. not. Um, Do you have a short term memory? That's like the uh, yeah, one I guess thing. so, yeah. Yeah, probably. That would probably be a good one. Um I like to swim. You know, I wondered if you got that nickname after Ted Lasso came out. No, that was, uh, I, I don't know, maybe maybe Chisholm pulled from his memory on that one. Because I think the first season had dropped already at that point when yeah. I interned. Okay. I can't remember exactly. So maybe he did pull it from his memory on that one. Be a goldfish. Be a goldfish, for sure. There you go. We have one behind the glass on the ones and twos. This is the final segment. You're listening to the Outdoor Hour. Josh, J.D. Adams and Company, I know, uh, is somewhere that you frequent. You spend yeah, some time there. I do. It's getting to be that time of year around here where trout season's starting to pick up. Yeah. Um, what else is gr- going on? Man, we got some great 40% off sales going right now for end of the season. Um, rigging classes are going down. Casting lessons, all that good stuff. Our hosted trip to Alaska, they just got home on Sunday and starting to see some pictures roll in from the customers who went on that looks like they had an absolute fabulous time. Um, so Tom is back in the shop and Steve holding it down during the week. And uh, Dan and I will be there on Saturdays. That's really cool. And we got the International Fly Fishing Film Tour coming uh, September 22nd. Doors open at 630 at Cross Timbers Brewery downtown. Be doing some giveaways and uh, viewing that film. We'll also be uh, showing the film that uh, that short documentary that they made on Dan before that movie starts. So that should be a good night. That's really cool. Was that H two O Films that did that one? No, uh, Ranch Hand Productions out of Oklahoma City did That's that. That's right. One. Yeah, you work with more talented people. I try to keep people who are smarter than me around me as much as possible. Except for this hour every week. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. This Uh, is my one, I'll do something for the people and (laughs) sacrifice, (laughs) hang out with Taylor Maples. That's fine. I believe that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You got to wet a line a little bit when you were in Montana, didn't you? Yeah, not a whole lot, but uh, we did. uh, Fished uh, the Stillwater, uh, which is a really wonderful brown trout river um you know pretty good chance you're going to catch some 17 to 20 inches there and um that was not the case for us but beautiful area saw some bear tracks you know red lodge is grizzly and wolf country so gonna be uh be alert but um do the big browns mostly come out at night or are they feeding throughout the day as well I mean, for me, I've always caught the biggest browns in my life towards the end of the day into the night for me personally. Eight o'clock? Just however long you're willing to stick it out, you know? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, a full moon night on uh, on a brown trout fishery is a good time. That's something I've never done. It's a good time. I need to. You do need to do that. Really need to. But you can do that on the white. Yeah. That's yeah. what I've heard. Yeah. You also mentioned during the break, snook uh, feed primarily at night. They do, yeah. I did not know that either. Yeah. That's cool. Snook are fun. They are fun. They're super fun. What is your 
like throwing tarpon out, you know, can't say tarpon. Okay. W- what would be your uh, species of preference to chase around the coast? All like only had one option for the rest of my life. No, just if you were going to go target something like you're going to Florida, right, mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Is reds what you're chasing? Yeah. Is that what you would be most excited to go target? Uh, it's more that it's the best option. Okay. Okay, so if you could choose, like, if the, if anything was in season, all that, what's the most fun to you to go target? Jacks. Are they? Yeah. They're fun. They're cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love red fishing, but it's a seasonal thing for me. Like, it's what you do during this time of the year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, like, I would never want that to go away. And I love the diversity of different areas of red fishing. Um, you know, from sight casting to big bull reds and back ponds to being open, you know, in open water and going after big monster wads of reds. Um, you know, I love both of those styles of pursuit, um, where I'm going in Florida, um, with Captain Trey is more targeting singular fish in really skinny water and, you know, being very precise with your casts, and um, it's a, it's a unique place. It's a unique fishery. Are uh, you in a flats boat for that? Or yeah. Are you wet wading? Okay, flats boat. Yeah, very. Yeah, cool. so that should be rad. Um, I like snook fishing a lot. Um, they're super fun too. But you know, there's just something about big old jacks that's a blast. I've never gone for roosters. All my buddies who have say that's one of their favorite fish ever because they're just so different and so fast and so powerful mm-hmm. um so i'd like to check that off the list soon i threw tarpon out there and said you couldn't answer that but would tarpon be at the top of the list i mean tarpon are amazing um i, I just feel I like i don't know if it would be the top of my list though yeah i feel like coming from the landlock part of the country when I think about going fishing in Florida, it's like, oh, tarpon is just the pinnacle. They're amazing, but it's like going to war. I mean, not literally, you know, like not to discredit people who actually go to war, but like it's a battle. Yeah. You know, and big tarpon are hard to land and it's a commitment and you're hooked up for a while and there's a lot of things at play from sharks to whatever else and uh, man, it's exhausting. Just a totally different experience. Yeah. And so I think what I like about r- redfish is I, I just, you know, they're not going to absolutely destroy you. Like, mm. You know, you're not going to get one and be like, dude, I'm done. Like, I got nothing left. You know, I've been hooked up to this one fish for an hour. Like, that, mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. So. And just spent everything I had trying to land it. Yeah. And yeah. like, hey, you know what? I think I'm good. Let's go back in. Sure. <laughs> you know, which yeah. has happened to be tarpon fishing. Take the picture, have the experience, call it a day. It's what, yeah, never go tarpon fishing by yourself. Yeah. You need someone else to take that time on the bow. Sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that. Well, that's really cool. I'm going to be in Florida around that same time. We ought to try to link up. If you're going to be down in Tampa, man, I got some people. If you're going to be around that area. Yeah. I got, I got dudes down there for sure. Can we're link gonna, you up with, and we're gonna be in Sarasota for a few days down south of Tampa. I went on a charter out of the, I can't remember exactly where we put in, but Tampa Bay area from the south side mm-hmm. um, at Christmas two years ago, mm-hmm. and had a blast. Snook, Jacks, yeah. Um, well, and down there you can still get into them. Up where I am, yeah. Up where I'm going to be fishing, that's not an option. The water's too cold. Gotcha. So got in a couple of reds there too, though. That was actually the first time I ever caught a red. Nice, which was really cool. That was one thing I, I've told you this before, but that was my biggest regret of my two years I lived in Charleston was not making an effort to get out there in the flats. Yeah, that's that's definitely on your life regret list. My life looked a lot differently at that point. That's wow. part of why I'm not living there and doing those things. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, you should go back. Yeah. And the great thing about Charleston, too, is, like, the food and everything is so amazing. Everything else going on. Like, Charleston's one of those places you can bring the fam, you can bring the wife, you know, who aren't necessarily into it and just dip away for a day, you know? Yeah. 
and that's what I'm doing. Like I'm, you know, the whole crew's going, my brother's coming down with his family and, you know, he and I are dipping away for a day to go sneak in a fishing trip. And then, you know, the rest of the time we'll be doing Thanksgiving and family activities. And, you know, I think we're, I think I'm getting drugged to the, um, the Disney worlds, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, go to this Kennedy space center and all, all the things. Yep. All the things. That'll be cool. Hope you have a good day though. Chasing reds. Um, if you are in Oklahoma, if you're in Oklahoma city and you want to learn more about fly fishing, uh, you want to go hang out with some good people, experience all that they have to offer there, go check out J.D. Adams and Company. They are on the northwest corner of 122nd and North May Avenue. Uh, You heard the lineup there. If you go on the weekends especially, you can hang out with Dan and Josh and everybody that's down there. Yeah, yeah, come on, come on. You know, who else is going to be in Florida when when you and I are both there? Grayson. Really? Yeah, he's going to be in Jacksonville. And uh, he's trying to get down to Tampa to chase some snooks. So the two of you should link up and uh, make that happen. That would be a lot of fun. He's been cracking me up on his social media stuff lately. His, like, satire guide posts about, here's the deal, 800 bucks a day. You got to bring your own tackle, your own lunch. You can follow me in a canoe. So that, like that, that is a tongue-in-cheek stab at some specific individuals I believe in that. our community who I are that. being very poor representatives of what it means to be a fishing guide and what it means to be a fly fisherman. And uh, everyone's pretty much, I think, over it. Yeah. And and so, uh, Grace. <laughs> Grayson being Grayson, <laughs> he uh, he got frustrated with it. I think a week or two ago. So, well, if you want to have a great experience, go check out JD Adams and Company. Go hang out; those guys do it right. Hey, thanks for joining us this week inside the Outdoor Hour. Don't forget, as always, you can follow us on social media. The show page is available at Outdoor underscore Hour on Twitter. Instagram and TikTok. Good content going up there. So be sure you follow at outdoor underscore hour. I am available at T underscore Maples. Josh is at against underscore current on Instagram. Goldfish, you got any social handles? Uh Twitter, I am at Maddie Goldfish. Quite easy. There you go. Maddie Goldfish. Strangely enough, that name wasn't taken yet. <laughs> it's a sign. I know, right? It's a sign. Hey, thanks for joining us this week inside the Outdoor Hour. We'll see you next time. Until then, go boldly. We'll see you outdoors.